Hello and welcome to Rednets, the official podcast of Empire of the Cop. Joining me today, we've got a debut for Empire of the Cops, Max Rudd. And of course, as ever, we have the wonderful Rick Elliott and myself, Farrell Keeling. We've got quite a bit to sort of dig into, courtesy of there being sort of two matches in such a short space of time. Um, I mean, we're going to start off with Wolves first. And of course, that uh, mesmerising uh, Divock Origi finish. I say mesmerising also because it came mainly, but it, it came in, of course, in extra time, which seems to be Divock's favourite time to score, isn't it, Max? It is. It is. We've seen it, you know, plenty of times uh, down the years. And it was just obviously so so vital at Molyneux um, on Saturday. I mean, obviously he does get a bit of stick, uh, Divock, but, you know, Jürgen needs them and he was there to, you know, supply. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's done that over the years. I know, obviously, fans, uh, some fans were clamouring for him to be sold um, last summer after his sort of performances the last term. There's that stat, I think, from the, the last season where I believe him and Jordan Sakiri I think it was, was it a goal between them in the league or something, something like that. It was a pretty, pretty awful statistic. But he's sort of come out this season guns blazing. I mean, obviously, we've got a more of a full-strength sort of squad to work with here. But he's really proving sort of pivotal um, when, when, you know, when we need him. I mean, Rick, I don't know if you've got a chance to see um, Jamie Carragher's breakdown of his importance to us as a substitute um, as opposed to a starting member, a member of the starting eleven, um, and the, the stats are, are quite sort of remarkable. He, I mean, he used a sort of a stats radar, and you can sort of see the outline of when he comes on as a sub, and it's it's like night and day. You know, it, it just seems to be a completely different player for us when he's coming off the bench, isn't he? Yeah, I didn't see the Jamie Carragher stuff, but I I I know just from like you know just the eyeball test that like Ari just when he when he starts, he just I don't know what it is. It it, it just he doesn't really find himself getting into the games that easily and sort of sometimes gets shut out. And like, he's not like, you know, when you see someone like Salah or Armani, they're, they're fairly sort of fluid through defenses and, and like, you know, Origi just sort of sticks out like a, like a sore thumb at times, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird one. Like, it's just, how do you like Origi is just one of those kind of players that, I mean, super sub is so overused, but that's, that's what he is. Is he is Mister? You know, just he'll come on and as Klopp says, be Divock, and then just like does a worldy and just like you know, jaws on the floor. Absolutely, it's it's, it's you know, Fairclough esque, isn't it? You know, just that sort of impact, um, you know, from the bench, and you know, you almost feel if that had been last season, sort of in the height of our injuries, you you almost reckon Wolves would have probably gone and won that, you know, courtesy of a a, a late sort of counter attack. Um, you know, ultimately, it, it's a three points gained and a huge three points gained. Um, and Rick, you, you look like you. I, I was going to say, like, to... we, 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 like, so on our, our like, on our group chat, we had, uh, like, I mean, normally uh, over the last couple of couple of matches, it's been sort of we get a goal first twenty minutes, and then you know the the, the game sort of really opens up, and uh, uh, you know we ended up w- walking with like four goals, and that that match, it was just sort of like, well, I don't. I don't think we're going to get anything out of this really. And it looked like it's, it, it, it looked that way for so like, no matter what we did, we just never really, I mean like that, that Jota chance where it just like, how did it not go in? It's uh, yeah. It just didn't look like it was our day. Really. It was, it was just, it was always going to be a bit of a, a challenge for him to, to come back to, to wolves and, and try and prove himself. I mean, it did look destined 
to be one of those like you know nil nilers that we sort of end up looking back on the end of the season going oh you know if we if we win that um you know it's the difference between winning the title not winning the title um, i mean i remember sort of at the time i think i was speaking to sort of max as we were covering the game um and you know, I was sort of saying, oh, I'm writing up the match report now and I'm, I'm sort of, you know, framing it as this disappointing uh, draw for us. And obviously the goal came and, you know, everyone's just going insane. I mean, I mean, it's, I think we were saying this, I remember us talking about this earlier in the season and I think we were saying, you know, it's what's going to be the difference for Liverpool this season. You know, obviously having a, you know, fit and firing, you know, front line, uh, having not as many injuries critically to one position, um, but what would be sort of almost more critical than all of that would be having contributions from the men on the bench. And obviously, I mean, Divock Origi is the absolute epitome of contributions from the bench. You know, it's, it's going to be that level of involvement that sort of does separate us uh, from, you know, critically from the likes of Chelsea uh, and Manchester City, who obviously do have fantastic depth to call upon. I mean, we're going to move on to AC Milan before we got sort of get bogged down in the Wolves game. Um, a bit more. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how you found it, Max. But I was almost not not. I think bored is the wrong word. But it was almost we were so in control at the San Siro. You know, Klopp had made eight changes, but they didn't really look like threatening beyond that sort of the corner and the Tamori goal. We just looked absolutely in control in their backyard, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's obviously credit to the work you know Jürgen's doing. Um, because we made eight changes and we just still felt in control. Um, now, I know what you mean about, obviously, the game wasn't amazing and AC Milan aren't what they used to be. But as I say, making eight changes and going to the San Siro and being in control for, you know, most of the game was really impressive. And, you know, I think a lot of fans may be taking it for granted, you know, how much control we do have over games. It's... we. Even if we draw a game, it's it's so disappointing. So, you know, to, to win all six group games is just, well, you know, we made history and like just quite proud, to be honest. No, I mean, we, we should be though, shouldn't we? Because, I mean, you look at the sort of stats to have emerged from, and, you know, this is off the back of that remarkable stat of, of us being, you know, the first, um, sort of in, first English side to obviously go on a run of consecutive winning games beyond beating Sunderland's uh, 1927 streak. Uh, and then you, just from the AC Milan, I mean, obviously Mo Salah's goal meant uh, uh, he was the first player since Ian Rush to score 20 or more goals in five consecutive seasons. Um, but looking at the whole team, obviously, Max, you've rightly pointed out, we're the first um, English team to win all of our group stage games in the Champions League. And you know, critically and rather remarkably, we've got two more points than the rest of our opponents in Group B combined. Combined. Um, and this is a group hailed as the group of death that would vanquish Liverpool, you know, and Atletico Madrid ended up going through. I mean, we've we got as many points in the in in the Champions League group as Everton have got in the Premier League, which is no, a stat which I <laughs> love. That's a stat and a half, isn't it? I, I mean, Mwah. it's oh, absolute chef's kiss that one. Beautiful. We'll, we'll be citing that one for the years to come. But it, it's, I mean, how? I mean, how? As Max pointed out, you know, Rick, how how do we sort of contend? Are, are we at times perhaps a little ungrateful, especially when we're comparing this? So the, the horrors of last season, and we're with this, you know, this side has won six on the bounce from the international break. Yeah, it's, it's been it, phenomenal. It's night and day comparing, because uh, it's essentially the same same team. You know, that there's that saying, I, I can't remember if it, if it was a quote from, from the office or something like that, but it's like when, like, 
I wish you, we knew when the good times were now, like, uh, you know, cause then you'd appreciate them more. And, and that is, that's what we're living through. It, it's, it, this is probably the best that we're ever going to see this side. Like it's, it's, uh, or if there is another level, then, I mean, if there's another level, then, oh, can you imagine? Oof. I, I mean, mean <laughs> it, uh, you'd have to be, thing, it's, it would be like prime Barcelona levels. Well, I mean, like not, Definitely not current Barcelona levels because then we'd be playing in the Europa League. But you know, we, we don't want that. No, I'm just I'm just ripping into everyone at this rate. Um, but no, like I mean, uh, you, you look at that starting lineup, and obviously Klopp was like, you know, we want to we want to make changes. We, we have to make changes. The medical department are going to crucify me if we don't make changes. But even then, it kind of looked like if you if you'd have given a kid like a a copy of FIFA and said like, look, you can't use the default team. But like, because you you got to have some rotation. Take Firmino out; he's injured. You got to rotate. Okay, well, I'll take Jota out. But it still looked as though it was like, like that. Look, look, like they'd gone through the the settings and gone like, okay, well, we'll have Mane, we'll have Salah, we'll have Origi for the memes. You know, Minamino, Oxlade, Chamberlain. That's a very forward focused. You know, it wasn't a planning to sit deep and just sort of, you know, well, we need. Well, let's try and just like we don't need to do anything. We just see this match out and make sure that we don't have any injuries. But no, we went for it, you know, and we made history. You can't, you just can't take this team for granted, can you? It's just, you lose the word. I mean, giving Nat Phillips a game, like, you know, he, he, he's one of the... Oh, he bossed it. Yeah. He absolutely yeah. bossed he, it. He absolutely nailed it. And like, he's, he, not on his own, but like, he's one of the reasons why we're even here. He's one of the reasons why we got third place. You know, I remember that last day of the season and I was just like, in, a, in a hysterics, like, just because... A third was just like a pipe dream when going into that final day of the season, and all of a sudden it's just how how have we how have we fluked this? Um, but it but with the performances of Nat Phillips throughout that last season and, and Reese Williams as well, can't forget him. But yeah, it's just like how I mean this isn't I mean, yeah. this is a good radio <laughs> or podcast like me just like being lost for words. But yeah, but that's the beautiful thing about this team, there isn't it? And there's a lot there that you've just just in that you know that one. Um, you know, beautiful rants there. It, it, there's so much there to dig into. I mean, Nat, Nat Phillips, I think you could devote an entire podcast episode just to Nat Phillips. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, it, I mean, the thing that's mad is that obviously he hasn't properly kicked a ball since late October, you know, and that's, you know, that was the one, a one-off game. I think it was, um, I think it was 45 minutes in a cup game. Um, that's a mistake. I'm, the, the actual, mm. the right one, it, it's not um, clicking at the moment. But, you know, and he, come, he comes out to San Siro against, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who, yes, 40 years old, but this is still Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We're talking about one of the most physically imposing strikers in Europe, past his heyday. Still a, you know, a difficult, difficult um, attacker to handle. Um, you know, Ibrahima Kanata, you know, pops in and out and again, produced a dominant display at the San Siro without Virgil van Dijk beside him to sort of calm things down. But, you know, I mean, I could go on about the senior players for days. Um, but so I really want to sort of, before we move on, sort of root the discussion around uh, one of the up-and-coming stars is really shone on the international stage. Um, you know, and that, of course, I'm speaking about Tyler Morton. You know, 19 years of age, his second Champions League performance, and he just, it, it, he was just, I mean, I've, I'm going to come to you here for this one, Max, but, you know, he just looked superb. I just thought it, it was the little things for, as well for me, you know, just the constant shoulder checks. You can see you know, in his play that he's really benefited from working with, you know, Thiago and, you know, the, the world-class calibre of midfielders that we have on display, he just has, 
you know, Klopp was saying in, in his, his discussions about, you know, tactically, he's switched on. You know, technically, he's switched on. I mean, what, what, what do you make of him? And, you know, how, how <laughs> you know, is the, sky, is, is the sky the limit for him? Definitely, definitely. I think, you know, each time he's performed this season, he's just be, he has been superb. Um, the one thing I can say is, you know, you, you think a 19-year-old starting at the San Siro in Champions League, you think, oh, he's going to be nervous. But it was just like, you know, he was a seasoned, you know, professional first-team player. It's like he'd been in there for years. Um, that's, the, that's the one thing that stands out to me. You know, he, he might, do, might not do anything, you know, outrageous, but... The way he just keeps the ball, you know, one touch, two touch, as you say, checking his shoulders. It's just so calm. And, you know, if he keeps that up, I, I can just, you know, he really nail down a place in the team in, you know, the next few years. It's 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 very exciting. And I think, Brick, I mean, you touched on it earlier because you were sort of looking, you know, do Liverpool have another level? Are we witnessing peak Liverpool, at least peak Liverpool under Klopp? I mean, obviously, we've got another three years of Klopp, um, two and a half to be more precise. So you'd expect there to be almost a 4.0 Liverpool coming up soon. Um, but the, I mean, the constant thing with Liverpool, especially since Wijnaldum left, has been, are we going to replace Genie Wijnaldum? But then you sort of look at the midfielders coming through. Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, injured, injured yeah. sadly, but will be coming back in the new year. Now we have Tyler Morton. And you know the list can go on. You can go yeah. and look at sort of the likes of Kaidi Gordon, who was once described as the best 16-year-old in the country, expected to have a bright future. James Balagizi, Frowndorf. I mean, I can, I can go on and on and on and on and bore you all with the list of academy prospects who, you know, are deemed to have a reasonable chance of making it in the Liverpool first team. But, you know, I think the future is looking exceptionally bright. Um, again, I, I, at risk of sort of talking for hours about our young prospects. Um, speaking about the here and now and about a player who's firmly established as one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world. I'm sure you'll agree with me that he is currently, you know, current form of the last calendar year has arguably been the best player on the planet. Of course, I'm talking about Mo Salah, uh, the deserved winner of the Ballon d'Or in uh, many a Liverpool fan's eyes. Um, I mean, he, he's, he's come out again and he's obviously been questioned about his Liverpool future and he's reiterated his desire to remain at Liverpool. But again, you know, he stated it's, it's not, not down to me, it's down to the management to get, you know, to break the deadlock. I mean, it's just getting a bit exhausting now, Rick, isn't it? You know, we can see the, the quality of the player. Um, and I know, you know, it's negotiations and negotiations. This isn't, as Jurgen Klopp, it's not something, it's not something that's done over a cup of tea and then, it, you know, it's done, it's dealt with. It, it takes time, but, you know, should it be taking this much time? My, my concern is that we, we end up, I mean, I, I've already brought it up once today, um, like Barcelona. Look out! Look where they are right now, as a as a team, as a as a entity. You know they're, they're in Europa League football now. Uh, they've had to get rid of so many players because of the the, the size of the contracts that they're on. Um, you know they're just on silly wages, and it's just absolutely you know destroyed them. It's it's it, you know they've signed players that they didn't really need to sign, and now they're struggling to get rid of them. Now. Some of those elements I can't see us ever kind of getting into. Like I can't see us ever signing players that we don't really need. I mean, like Minamino is one of those kind of players where he was brought in 
on. I, I, this is, you know, I'm going on a, such a tangent, but like, I'll, I'll, I'll wheel it back you're, in. You'll work your way around. I'll, I'll work your way around. I'll work yeah. my way back in. But like Takumi Minamino was one of those kind of signings where like he just sort of sat on the bench for a bit, went on loan, and he, he's like kind of in bit, bits and pieces. And you're like, oh, like maybe, you know, he needs to kick on and he's like, you know, was that kind of a waste of money? And like, you know, you, we've, we've got these kind of like, but they're never on the scale of like, I don't know, Coutinho or Griezmann or like, you know, those like mega signings. So I can't see us being like that. But what I can see is us, you know, offering Salah a contract, which then like uh, the, the salary that he's then on makes things difficult for the rest of the squad to accept. You know what I mean? Like that, that once you go over a certain salary rate, then you're going to get like, you know, Van Dyke coming in and saying like, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm one of the best defenders. You know, you brought me in for a reason. I've committed the rest of my career to this club. Come on. You know, I, I deserve to be somewhere up there. I was, you know, in contention for a Ballon d'Or not, not too long ago. Um, you know, you've got Sadio Mane, who, whilst he's not pulling in the performances that Mo is on a week-to-week basis, you know, he's not dropping jaws like Mo is. He's still up there. He's still, you know, one of the top, uh, top goal scorers in the league. You know, he'll be knocking on the door saying, well, come on, can I get at least a little bit, you know, more on the contract that, we're, that they're currently in negotiations with? I'm suspecting that they'll want to get the Mane one out of the way first before the Salah one, because then it, it, that's not going to upset the, the, things a little bit. Yeah, I just, it's a very difficult scenario for FSG to really navigate and or, or the club to navigate. And I don't want to be in their shoes because you know that's i i would if i was in that boardroom i'd probably make a make a decision to keep him on to keep the fans happy but then you might end up the knock-on effects you know the 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 small domino knocks down the long the big domino which could be like barcelona have where we give messi a bumper contract and oh now we're in europa league like it's 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 the it's the knock-on effects that you don't see initially that will soon add up I mean, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you, you know, the the alternative argument is, well, he is such a good player. You, you kind of think his teammates will go, mm, fair enough. You know, <laughs> we're, we're talking about a player who's so far ahead. Yeah, of, yes you know, and no, though. Like, because I mean, like he he is like a cheat code, like playing on a regular basis. But like, you know, Mane kind of. I don't think Mane sees himself too far away from Salah, and. To be honest, there's not an awful lot in it, really. I mean, yeah, Salah is like, you know, one of the best in the league by far. If Mane just tweaks his game just a little bit, you know, he could, I mean, like that first season where he was with us, he was, you know, popping in plenty of performances that were like, you know, the, 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 um, the 17, 18 season, um, you know, that one, that one was, uh, was great when like, you know, the, the, Salah, Mane, Firmino, that like front three were just sort of like, I, I just don't think that, um, you know, the squad see Mo as this, you know, deity figure that, you know, is untouchable and, you know, he deserves everything. I, I, I think there are some of the team, and, I, and rightfully so, that the, the, the team should think that they're at that level, that they, that even if they aren't performing at that level, they should have that mentality to then push themselves to the next level. I mean, I've, I've, I've crunched some numbers uh, to sort of um, have a look at what, you know, offer, offering Salah 
a new contract would look like. You know, work, working off the basis, you know, I think we're more sort of looking less than, but hypothetically, if we were looking at £300,000 per week, um, say from the start of the next year, uh, on a contract that keeps them at Liverpool until 2026, so three years um, before the expiration date uh, of his current contract with Liverpool. Um, so ba- <laughs> basically, on a four-and-a-half-year contract, £300,000 per week, and we'd be looking at paying him um, just over £70 million over the course of that contract. Now, the questions, of course, that arise over that, if you do you know, part ways with Salah, you know, he, he leaves on a Bosman, or you sell him, you know, just to get the most out of whatever remains of his value on his current contract, what player are you guessing that's going to be able to deliver that sort of level of performance. Oh, look, you've got the obvious contenders there. You've got Kylian Mbappe, you've got your Erling Haaland, uh, you know, players who would sort of grow, ideally grow with the side. Obviously, Kylian Mbappe seems a dead cert to go to Real Madrid. Erling Haaland uh, reportedly has a release clause of around £64 million that's set to kick in uh, next summer. But, you know, he's got an agent like Mina, well, he, he has Mina Raiola as his agent, who's um, a less than savoury character uh, for clubs to deal with. Um, it's, so this is the thing, you know, obviously, if you don't pay him the wages, you protect the sort of squad unity. You know, what cost does that come? You know, what, I mean, Max, you know, what, what sort of situation could you see transpiring? How would you know, Liverpool go around this? Would be a case of just simply plucking up a young gem and hoping in uh, three to four year time, he's you know, close to that level. Yeah, definitely. As you say, you've you've mentioned the two standout players there, Mbappe and Haaland. Obviously, they, you know, every Liverpool fan would love to see them. But, you know, we've got to take into account, you know, other clubs will be wanting them as well, who are willing to pay them big money. Um, Just first of all, I'd like to say one thing that may be working in our favour is the fact that other, you know, big clubs around Europe aren't what they used to be as Rick has touched on. So at the moment, if you're Mo Salah right now and you're thinking, okay, so I'm, I'm waiting for a new contract offer from Liverpool, but then there's the you know prospect of joining another club. Who who could he possibly go to that's, you know, as good as us at the moment? Barcelona certainly aren't. He's not going to want to play in the Europa League. Real Madrid, okay, they're, they're still up there, but they're certainly not what they used to be. Um, Bayern Munich, Okay, yeah, they're a good team. But I just think right now, and this isn't me being a biased Liverpool supporter, but we are, you know, probably up with Manchester City, the best team in the world. So he definitely won't be wanting to leave. So FSG just need to pay the money, in in my opinion. I'd I'd argue that Chelsea are in the the mix and PSG, uh, uh, you know, PSG are a pretty similar sort of scenario for... Um, Bayern in terms of you know you, you, if you go there you're definitely guaranteed to win trophies um, which you know when most players think about transfers it's like well yeah they're not necessarily thinking oh well it's a farmer's league so I'm not going to be necessarily like you know pushing my limits but you know they'll, they'll want to look at a trophy cabinet full of, of trophies and medals and whatnot so you know but the, the thing is you know I could see the club investing in youth not necessarily the big flashy but like in terms of and we uh, this is you know with a bit of an asterisk but like Dom Solanke when we signed Dom Solanke he was just coming off the World Cup and he was you know he'd, he'd uh, the like, under 20s World Cup 
uh, got the golden boot, if I remember right. He was, you know, it was a really strong prospect. And then he had that season where he just, you know, did nothing. But those are the kind of signings that, like, I could see the club trying to replace them with and then investing the money in a sort of like, you know, a Jude Bellingham or someone like that, or who, you know, isn't going to be a like-for-like replacement, but it's a big signing that the players are going to, I mean, that, the, you know, the, the fans are going to love, the manager's going to love, strengthens in another, another area, the, 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 uh, the squad. Yeah, I can't see us going for an Mbappe or a Haaland. I mean, they're the obvious options, but like, yeah, I just, it's, it's not. It's, I don't see us ever buying a. I mean, Thiago is probably the closest that we'll ever get to signing a player that's like, you know, world superstar. That's it. As much as I would love Mbappe for the memes, it's just, it's just not going to happen. I mean, I just want to touch on something that you, you, you've both um, sort of rightly uh, brought up just before we moved to the uh, Aston Villa preview. But I mean, obviously, you know, Max, you, you, you were talking about, you know, the prestige. Of you know the Premier League compared to other other side, and if you do, if you do look at the other sides, I mean, like you pointed out, Real Madrid, Barcelona, um, you know, you'd argue that the closest. I, mean, I would argue personally that the closest that come to uh, Liverpool and City would be Bayern Munich. I'd rate Bayern Munich personally over Chelsea. Um, you know, if there were tiers, I would that, I'd have that as a three tier system and argue, you know, Chelsea, Bayern, and then Liverpool and City at the top. You know, City obviously haven't got a European crown to their name yet but you think at some point in the near future hopefully not the too near future um that will probably happen for them uh, with the quality of squad manager they've got um but realistically if you are looking at sort of leaving the premier league you are going you know rick rick you mentioned um obviously bayern munich and psg who are both absolute quality sides in their own right but if the trophies you're fighting for you know of late if we've got what we're going by of late are purely domestic um it just doesn't carry the same anywhere near close to the same value as, as the premier league because you're looking at a, a, a league where you're obviously the top three sides in the english top flight i think yes Bayern munich obviously have come away and have won at the champions league recently psg not yet a side that's tipped to again tipped to at least challenge um you know currently and in the near future but i, I just don't i just don't see the value out of leaving the, you know, <laughs> I'd, like I'd, argue, I'd, I'd argue that we are, if that's, if that's your argument for like why they should come to a Liverpool, like, I don't think that's the case because I mean, you know, I, I, I'll defend the club to my, my dying breath, but I mean, let's face it. I mean, I'm just going to use the word just casually, just won a champions league and a premier league, but like, it hasn't been a consistent string of success. We've not had any domestic cup wins. You know, these, uh, you know, yeah, we've been going to bat every single season, but we've been coming up short pretty much every single season for the Premier League, apart from the one where it, we just sort of ran away with it. But like, it hasn't been, it's not like, you know, Bayern Munich where, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're winning pretty much every single season and you could put a bet on the beginning of the year and it'll probably come through. You know, there's still that massive question mark, especially when you've got the likes of City, you've got the likes of Chelsea, who are going to be investing and coming up strong every season. You know, if you come to Liverpool, it's still a very much a roll of the dice in terms of, I mean, we hope it's not. There's a, a very strong chance that we could walk away with a double this season. But it's a roll of the dice that means more, I, w- I would say. Yeah, yes, you, you ga- look, you're guaranteed trophies. If you go to Bayern Munich, you're guaranteed trophies. You're guaranteed the Bundesliga year in, year out. You're probably guaranteed the uh, 
uh, po- the, the, the cup competition in Germany. With, with Liverpool, if you win the Premier League, if you win the Champions League, you're winning. You know, you are. You have to it's earn a, that. You know, it, yeah, it's it'll mean more. But I mean, you could easily be Adam Lallana or someone like that who you know really doesn't feature an awful lot in. Uh, I uh, was Lallana that I think Lallana was there for the Champions League final, wasn't he? Who, uh, I, I believe. Who, yeah, was he, who was who? Who yeah. left? Who left in the the summer before the Champions League final? Because you, Emre Chan. Yeah, Emre Chan. <laughs> Emre Chan. Yeah, exactly. You could be an Emre Chan. You yeah, know, yeah, you could be a you could be a player that like he was there for Kiev, I think, wasn't he? And then yeah, he was. The... Yeah, he, he got to a final, but I mean, do you really want a runners up medal? Like, you know, you want you want the you want the big prize, and like, you know, it's still a roll of dice over whether whether you're going to walk away with a trophy any uh, during any season. You know, really, the, uh, if you're at Bar- uh, Bayern or, or or PSG, at least you know, yes, it is dom- a domestic thing, and I feel like we're going round in circles almost. But yes, it's a dom- you winning domestic stuff. You're still accumulating trophies and medals and whatnot. Your, your trophy cabinet is going to be more full than you know if you came to Liverpool. Unfortunately, as it sounds, I mean, like I said, who knows? We could win the double this season, and then like then we're in a definitely a more strong position to to say like you know we are a very competitive team who you know you have a very strong chance of walking away with 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 medals and silverware. But you know, as it, as it stands right now, that it's still a dice roll, unfortunately. I mean, I'd like I mean, to see a change, yeah. but I mean, it, it depends ultimately on how much you value the cups beyond the title. Um, because obviously, in England, you've got the state of play where the FA Cup and the League Cup just—I mean, the League Cup's a joke at this point. You know, teams just play their second string and just hope they get to the final. If you're but, a Premier League side, but FA it's Cup still a medal. It's still something. It's, it's, it's still, it's still it's, something. It, and even though but, the even though the prize money isn't there, you know, the players will have a a, a a bonus in their contract that says like, if you if you win the tournament, then you know you'll get extra whatever 50k that week or whatever but like it's still it's still something to aim for it's still something but you, you don't join a premier league club to, no to, I, to I, win the fa cup or league cup do you know what i mean you join a premier league club to win the league the premier league which is obviously judged to be objectively the strongest league in the world and the champions league whereas you know if you if you're joining the bundesliga you're joining league uh you're i, I mean I'm, I'm not i'm, I'm not going to uh, make any uh Assumptions about how you know valued their domestic cups are. Um, I would venture a guess that it's probably of a similar level to how we here in England view the League Cup, less so, but to a similar extent, the FA Cup. Um, but I'm I'm just going to steer. So I'm, <laughs> I'm worried that this conversation, you know, as, as enthralling as it is, could go on for quite a while. So I'm just going to steer us in the direction uh, of our upcoming league fixture um, against Stephen Gerrard. Aston Villa will be hosting them at Anfield, um, of course, Gerard's old stomping ground. Um, Max, I'm, I'm going to come to you here. You know they've had a rather impressive run of um, with Gerard at the helm. You know three out of four uh, they've won. They pushed Manchester City despite losing two one at Villa Park. What what have been your what have been your sort of vague impressions um, of, of Gerard's reign at uh, the West Midlands side so far? Yeah, um, from what I've seen. They have looked impressive. Obviously, I think they had five straight defeats under Dean Smith before he was sacked. So, of course, when a new manager comes in, the players want to impress. They're going to work just a little bit harder. And that's obviously shown. Um, but from what from what I can see, obviously, the player he was, he's a similar coach. As in, he just, you know, hard work. That's all, all he demands from his players would be hard work. Um Against Man City, obviously, I think they went 
in 2-0 down at the break. He said he demanded a reaction and from all accounts, the second half performance was, was cut. They actually got clapped off, you know, even though they lost. Uh, and then the same against, um, who was it that they recently played? Leicester. They actually went 1-0 down again um, and the reaction. So I think what he'll be working on, obviously, is to stop conceding the first goal. Um, but he's in for a, you know, a tough challenge against us on Saturday. I mean, it's a sign of a good side. It's a sign of a good side um, if you can sort of come back from losing positions and uh, make the game uh, your own. I mean, I mean, obviously, as you've rightly pointed out, there, you know, hard work will be the mantra um, at Villa Park. Um, but obviously, you know, it's important to remember that we're so much more than that. You know, Gerald's got a solid coaching team at his disposal. Uh, Michael Beale, uh, who we've written about before, is obviously a, a very sound tactical mind. Um, I mean, Rick, what 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 are your thoughts sort of coming into this? Because it's 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 one again. It's and I feel like we say this week in week out, but it's one of those that I feel like it's quite difficult to predict. Mm. I there's a lot of emotion on the line. Uh, as we were saying, like before we started recording, like, there's a lot of emotion there. But I don't think that there'll be any sort of like holding back. It'll be you know, yes, it's Gerard, yes. Henderson and you know Milner have played alongside him. Milner not necessarily at the club, but like on an international level, and you know we we've got quite a lot of ties to the lad, and it's just you know the the professionals they'll you know they'll get their head down and just ignore the fact that it's you know one of the best players that's ever played for the club, and you know the 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 the, the lad who passed down the the captain's band to to Hendo. It's I think it's more emotional for us as as, as fans than it is for the players. I don't think it'll be that hard to. I think we'll, we'll walk away with a, a a win. I don't think it'll be like a sort of. Uh, it'll be it'll be a hard fought win, but I I, I could see it being like ground out. It'll, I think it'll it'll feel more like the Wolves game than any of the the four nils or or whatever in the leading up to to this. The the fans, as long as you know, fans are still still there and uh, and allowed to sing and all that. I, I think there'll be loads of Steve Gerrard chance but yeah it won't be I think it'll be like a very physical game I think it'll be you know I mean I mean they've still got like Danny Ings to come back and they've still and it's they're an impressive squad like ever since Gerard's come back it's just been like they've been completely different like they've definitely got that new manager bounce they're definitely you know like taking in what's being said and you know tightening up defense and yeah it's I, it's, a, it's a difficult one to predict, like you say, but I, I, I think it'll be very sort of, like I said, ground out, hard fought win. It's almost, and uh, I may this may be slightly controversial. It, I mean, you can almost draw parallels, and I don't want to draw too tight comparisons because obviously two fundamentally, I think personally, in my opinion, different managers. Uh, but you can almost draw parallels to that sort of situation at Chelsea. You know, Frank Lampard's left, Tuchel's come in um, as a solid base of players. Uh, there to work with. And obviously, you know, Aston Villa have gone out, they've lost Jack Grealish, but they brought in some pretty decent players, you'd say. You know, you've got um, Buendia, uh, you've got Leon Bailey. Um, you've, you've still got that sort of solid um, core spine going for the squad. You know, Jack uh, McGinn, who obviously was uh, linked with Liverpool in the summer. But I mean, I'm, I'm glad, Rick, you actually mentioned about the emotional side um, of the game, you know, it is going to be emotional welcoming back one of our you know, former heroes. 
But, you know, one man who obviously is trying to cut all that out is Stephen Gerrard, you know, prior to uh, his comments, I should say. Um, he's mentioned before the game, he said, uh, for me, it'll be about the team having the confidence and belief that we can go and take something from the game. There are no sentimental thoughts ahead of it. Uh, I just want to go there and win. We want to make it as difficult as we can. I mean, I mean it's, it's so... I mean, Gerrard is a born winner. That, was, that much was clear when he was a player. Um, and, and, and as you've pointed out, Max, you know, that will remain um, as a manager. I don't think coming to Anfield will change that really. Um, but sort of how do you... I mean, do you reckon he'll be desperate to sort of win this one? Um, obviously, the comments he's made is is what the Aston Villa fans will want to hear. Um, he's he's got, as he said, I think in his first ever press conference as Villa boss, he's got to be respectful to the fans. He's got to forget about Liverpool for these few years. You know, forget about any future links to the Liverpool job and replacing Klopp. Um, but you know, he, he will he will be desperate to win. It's as simple as that. He's not going to come to Anfield and think, oh, you know, I don't want to upset Liverpool supporters. He won't. He, he needs to win. Simple as that. He's still early in the job. Um, you know what? Villa, probably, you know, if if, the, if they are successful and, you know, they will probably be wanting to push for the Europa League places. I mean, you can talk about the Conference League, but it's not really an achievement. Um, but yeah, definitely European football will be the aim for Steven Gerrard. So he's got to win games and that, you know, we'll you'll try and continue that and Anfield on Saturday. Absolutely. I mean I mean, Rick, we rested eight against AC Milan. Um, got the two one win there. So a gamble that absolutely paid off uh, for Jurgen Klopp. And, you know, I think is it fair to say we can pretty much expect, you know, the same sort of team we whacked out against um Wolves, you know, full strength? Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I think it'll be a pretty straightforward lineup. It's you, like like I've said before, default team. Um, you know, it's you know, Jota will be in the mix and he'll be wanting to make up for the Wolves match. It'll be full strength. Van Dyke's back in. Maybe maybe uh, Kanate stays in after you know all he did to to help pocket uh, Zlatan during midweek. Um, yeah, that's uh, it. Default team. Would you agree with that, Max? Are you expecting any sort of surprises, as Rick's mentioned there, with Canate? Um, although he was impressive, obviously against Milan, I just think Matip's doing a great job. I, I don't, I don't. Obviously, you know, Rick, you haven't made any claims to say he's not, but I just think there's no reason to to change that at the moment. Just leave Matip in there um, alongside Van Dijk. He looks pretty solid. Yeah, it's, it's, while, just, it's, oh, yeah. it's just the injury risk, though, isn't it? Like, it's he's he's yeah, he's been phenomenal. He's played like week in, week out, though, and, and it's the medical team seem to be doing their job this this season, helping him stay fit. But it's like, how long? Uh, we're going back to the dice roll. How many times can you roll that dice without him getting injured? And that's that's my only concern. And you know, whilst Canate's got some form in him, might as well just push it on a little bit. Like, just one more match. That's all. I, I you know. Matip could be could be in, and if he is, then I'm not, you know, throwing him any sort of complaints. But yeah, I, I personally, if it were me, I'd, I'd put in Canate, especially if it's going to be a a more physical game. We're expecting a physical game. While we've got you, Rick, um, can we get a score out of you? Two one, Divock Origi last minute goal. Oh, <laughs> nah, uh, yeah, two one, um, Mane and Salah. Safe bets, really, you know, yeah, all, all things bets. considered. Yeah. 
How about you, Max? Are you feeling a bit more confident? Um, I'm going to go for 3-1. Obviously, I'd love to see us keep a clean sheet, but I've just got a feeling, you know, Villa will be right up for it from the start. Um, yeah, I'm going for 3-1. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, see, I was going to go for 3-1 as well. I'm going to have to make this one interesting. It's going to be a five-goal thriller, lads. It's going to be a 3-2. I'm praying it, it's going to be Max's scoreline, but, uh, you know, I'm sure time will tell. Uh, for now, you've been listening to uh, Empire the Cops, uh, the Red Nets. Uh, feel free to catch us again next week, where we'll hopefully be uh, pr- reviewing a win against our old captain, Stephen Gerrard. Thanks for listening. Uh, It's been Rick Elliott, our debutant, Max Rudd, and myself, Farrell Keeling. Take care.